0: is down to their final out now. Now up to Christian Yelich. Here it is. Yelich sends one to right center.
1: Welcome back to another episode of the Ike Brewers Podcast. My name is KJ Ikstead. I'll be your host. and I'm joined today by my co-host, Alex Ikstead. We're excited to talk Brewers with you. How are you doing, Alex? KJ, I'm doing great.
0: Big signing for the Milwaukee Brewers, which I'm excited to talk about today. Also, some new rule changes. And how about the boys back at spring training? Baseball is back. We have a great show for you, Brewers fans. Thank you for tuning in. I'm excited to join the podcast. Let's dive into
1: it. Absolutely. So the first great news, Brewers fans, is that there's been some moves that have been made. But first off, the MLB and the players actually got a deal done. That's really exciting to hear. Opening day is going to be April 14th, 414 day. That's a Thursday. I know we've copped our tickets. Have you copped yours? Make sure you do that if there's any left. Uh, but yeah, the Brewers are now in spring training. You saw players getting in their, you know, jets getting in their cars, packing up all their stuff, finding Airbnbs. They're headed down. They're already in spring training. We saw Yelly in the cage. We're seeing everyone in the cage. Hunter Renfro. Uh, before we get a little deeper into the Brewers, Alex, would you just mind running down everyone what the new CBA entitles, like what changes there are, what they need to know? Just give us a quick load on on that. Yeah, absolutely. So
0: Brewers fans, there's five main points I want you to know about this collective bargaining agreement, the new one. And the first one is an expanded postseason. I think that's the most important. So there's going to be six teams making the postseason from both the National League and the American League. And that means there are three division winners and then three wild cards per league. So that'll be interesting. Um, then the second point is the universal DH. So that's now in the National League. Um, write us about if you if you like that. If you don't like it, I've got mixed feelings. We'll talk a little bit more about who the Brewers might want to use at the DH spot later in the episode, but that's now a thing. Brewers, you know, no more pitching, no more hitting
1: pitchers. So unfortunately, that exciting part of the game is gone, no but Jimmy with it, Nelson maybe more time. offense. Uh, yeah, no more Jimmy Nelson, tearing his shoulder, Diving back into a base and really derailing his entire career, you know. I bet you he would have been a fan of that. But, but like you said, mixed feelings. <laughs> goes both uh, ways, yeah. both ways, right?
0: Third point:
1: international
0: draft. So there's talks about an international draft. Brewers fans, you know about how all over the world there's baseball talent, primarily from you know Central and South America, but also in Asia, you know, from Japan and other countries, and
1: pretty That's much the concept happening.
0: of an international draft. It's been discussed, it's not finalized, but it could be, you know, a potential move in the future that you might yeah. see introduced to the MLB. Um, one thing that is going to happen, though, is a draft lottery. So, kind of like the NBA, uh, I've never really thought of the MLB draft to really have teams tank, but I guess you, you, you maybe see these high prospects, you know, going in those top five slots, teams try to think about tanking. Um I'm not sure how I feel about the draft lottery it always seems to help, you know, the big market teams. We'll see how that goes through. And then the final point was players can only be optioned a max of five times per year. Think about those guys who are just moving between the majors and the minors kind of AAA and the big leagues. That's mostly who you got to worry about those fringe players and they can only go up or down five times a year. So I uh, doubt that'll be too big of a problem, but it's just kind of a new rule to keep in mind.
1: Yeah, just to expand on a few of that thing, uh a few of the things Alex just mentioned. Postseason's not gonna be twelve teams. So I remember several years ago when it was uh, you know, three division champions and just one Four. wildcard team. So there yeah. was essentially an eight team bracket and you had to go through the ringer and back to get to the postseason. Well then they added a second wildcard team with the infamous playing game. Um, and now there's going to be 12, uh, 12 teams. So, really, it's going to be a lot easier for the playoffs. How does that affect the Brewers? Well, if you look at what's going on around baseball Brewers fans, the Cincinnati Reds are hitting the detonate button. They're hitting the full rebuild, which is kind of surprising to me. They trade away Sonny shot. Gray, they're trading away Eugenio uh, Perez, uh, you know, their third baseman. Forget his name right now. Uh, who was a really good hitter, but he's fallen hard times lately. And they just traded their best hitter to Seattle in a, in a package deal. So, so they're really going full rebuild. We saw the Cubs literally trade every single player. It seemed uh, that was part of their World Series team last year. So they're going to be in a rebuild. And also the uh, Pittsburgh Pirates, you know, they're almost always rebuilding. So really it's going to be the St. Louis Cardinals and also the Milwaukee Brewers kind of tangling in that division for the division championship, which is really exciting because what does that mean? It means your Brewers should be in the playoffs this year. Now we're going to talk a little bit more, but really uh, the Cincinnati Reds were kind of always a thorn in the side. And so were the Cubs just before their collapses. But really the division this year looks like a two horse race. Uh, A few other things Alex mentioned, like the service time manipulation. Um, You know, now if a player like Ryan Braun is brought up mid season, like essentially Braun is brought up in May, his rookie year, uh, so the Brewers could actually retain an extra year of his service time, and that player finishes in the top two in the rookie of the year uh, voting, that will count as a full service year. So essentially what that means is like if the team's got a super prospect, like a Fernando Tatis or like a Bryce Harper or, or even like a Ryan Braun or something like that, um, you know, and they have a feeling this team this guy's going to probably be in that top, you know, rookie of the year discussion, it doesn't matter if they bring him up in May or, a, or uh, opening day, you know, they're just going to get uh, basically five years of team control versus six. That's all, all about that super two thing. Um, and the Super 2 concept is basically like the best players only get three, or excuse me, two pre-arbitration years, whereas the majority of players get three pre-arbitration years and then uh, three arbitration years. So that it's like five, five years of team control for the best, best, best players who qualify as Super 2s. Or six years of team control for everybody else. Uh, the up and down, the option thing five times. It's kind of like so you don't basically send a guy back and forth across the country like excessively when he's got a family. You know, he's got his own uh, life and, and just just trying to do a little bit right by the player. There, uh, players going to be making a lot more money. So the minimum salaries are now seven hundred thousand dollars to play baseball. Doesn't sound too bad to me. Um, wow. and, and really, that's going to go <laughs> up to. Uh, that's uh, actually 23% increase over last year, which is crazy. And it's actually going to rise to 780,000 in 2026. So basically, if you're playing baseball in the MLB, you got a good th- you got a good thing going. You made going. it to the show. You're doing okay with the dough. You're doing okay <laughs> with the dough. Exactly. So the lottery is six teams as well in terms of the draft. You know, that's something where like... Baseball, you kind of have to tank a little bit because it is, like, no salary cap. Like, it's not like there's a fair playing field. So that one I'm kind of against, not going to lie. I I know. That doesn't make much sense for baseball. But, you know, they they don't want it to tank because they they just – you know, the players just kinda of think that uh that affects the players in a negative way, but really it allows more shine to get on these younger guys and allows older veteran players to get to a contender. So I so I don't really care for that, although I'm not gonna like die on the sword for that. That's interesting. Uh really the Brewers don't really pick in the top six ever. You know, last time we did was Colton Wall or excuse me, um it was Corey Ray, and he hasn't really panned out too well. So it's kinda of like, you know, really I think what the result of this is going to be you're gonna see a lot more teams Uh, Manipulating their spending bonuses to their second and third and even uh, competitive bargain uh, balance round picks because we're already seeing that. But if you're like the first overall team, you know, and, you know, you, you end up maybe slipping a little bit in the lottery. Well, you might not have been planning on picking the best player or the top player anyways, because you wanted to get a couple three or four elite prospects in rounds two, three and four. Uh, to just kind of spread your your odds around a little more because we all know that you could get, draft a guy like Corey Ray who was number one on Keith Law's big board at the time, and he might not even pan out the way some players other, uh, you know in other situations do. The last part is advertising patches on jerseys and decals oh, yeah. on helmets. This will be interesting. You know, baseball has kind of always been like a little bit of a classier sport, uh, traditional sport. I bet you some of the players would be rolling around in their grave if they saw this happening. Uh, especially when they see those players salaries up in like you know three hundred million plus contracts, seven hundred seven hundred and eighty thousand dollars for the minimums, like they're hardly they're hardly strapped for cash, but like it is going to bring more money into the sport. We'll see how it uh, plays out. You know we'll see what this stuff looks like. We'll see what the brewers bring on to their advertising abilities. um but really, important part is they got the job done cage. They got the deal done, and baseball is back. Baseball's back, and we've seen the fans just go crazy over it you know thank you to all the fans for just kind of sitting tight and and really keeping their heads uh heads held high while the you know the negotiating par- parties got this done uh we always kind of had a feeling it would get done you know there were points of contention um you know we heard from inside sources that a uh, big point for the players is they wanted to slash the team control down to four years so been right detrimental. now detrimental yeah right now the teams have basically we just talked about they have either five years of control for like an elite young player like the rays with Wander franco like the brewers with a with the ryan Braun, or um or they have six years if they you know manipulated the service time a little bit uh which wouldn't happen anymore because they just kind of got rid of that with that additional caveat of the rookie of the year um qualifying the player as a uh you like a whole year of service time, but really, what that would have hurt is it would have hurt the teams like the Oakland Athletics, the Milwaukee Brewers, the Tampa Bay Rays. So, so that was something that the union was fighting hard for in terms of like taking the battle to the to the public square on, on Twitter and stuff like that. But really, it was a it was a non-negotiating point for a lot of owners like Mark Adonasio, like the Oakland Athletics. Um, you know, like the Minnesota Twins. They're like, look, if there's a, if there's no salary cap, and Tampa Bay here, Rays. Yeah, you got teams out here like the Dodgers spending two hundred forty nine million dollars, and you have a team like the you know the don't sign a guy like Freddie after four years sixty million, you know like we got to compete somehow, and the only way they can compete is by having these six years of service time. Like, what if Corbin Burns and Brandon Woodruff were only going to get you know four years of service time? Like, the Brewers be, gone. be impossible to compete, exactly. And then yeah. you instituted draft lottery, So it's like that was something that didn't quite happen. You still have these five and six years of control, which is really everything. Uh, but free agency is going crazy. You know, we're seeing deals come out. Matt Olson just got traded. The Braves signed him to a $168 million deal. But the biggest news so far, Brewers fans, is that your Milwaukee Brewers, they desperately needed to bring in a bat, right? Drum roll. They brought in our boy. Andrew McCutcheon. Let's go. I am hyped about this. And then Fion- we
0: all know about, you know, I'm so hyped Brewers fans. When I saw Andrew McCutcheon, I remembered those five straight years in Pittsburgh when he was not, not only one of the fastest guys in the league. Probably the fastest. The M- he was an MVP candidate every year and an all-star. He was on Pittsburgh, you know, like not an easy place to really dominate the sport. His OPS. He changed the
1: culture there. Pittsburgh was garbage, and he literally changed the culture. He was like the face of that culture change.
0: And, and you know, I kind of see Andrew McCutcheon as like this player that can almost fill multiple roles for the Brewers, too. Maybe he plays some corner outfield. Maybe he plays a little center field. Maybe he's a new DH. You know, there's multiple use cases for this guy. He's a veteran bat. I think the Brewers needed some like a veteran after losing Ryan Braun. Andrew McCutcheon is frankly from the Braun era, right? He's like mm-hmm. one of these
1: few guys left who's still... 2009, he you know, made his debut.
0: Yeah, he's still healthy. He, put, he had 574 plate appearances last year, KJ. like He's healthy. He's swinging a bat. He's going to be able to play a couple positions. And I think what he's going to do is add a bit of fear to the bottom of the Brewers lineup. What do you think about that?
1: Oh, man, I think this guy will be in the middle of the lineup. You know, I think he's going to basically take a lot of pressure off Christian Yelich. The Brewers now have two MVPs in their lineup, just like when Brawny was there, Uh, Christian Yelich and Andrew McCutcheon. But I'm just going to give Brewers fans a load on this guy's resume. MVP, he's had multiple top three finishes. I believe he's had three top three finishes. He's had like four top five finishes. He's a four-time silver slugger. He's a gold glove winner, and he's had a career. You won a gold glove, huh? Career 849 OPS, which is on-base plus slugging, it's how you basically measure a hitter, and every single year of his entire career, he's had an OPS above league average, which the league average OPS every year, Brewers fans, it's kind of like that PER stat in the NBA, player efficiency. Uh, where every year the league average is 15 in the NBA. Well, the league average for OPS in the MLB, taking it back to baseball, is usually about 701 to about 718. You know, maybe in a, like that year where the balls reduced, it might have been like 720 or something, but it's never really higher than 720. And Andrew McCutcheon in his nine years in with the Pittsburgh has Pirates... Has never been below average. Or well, he's even had an, average. He's had an 866 OPS there in Pittsburgh. So that's like, you know elite all-star player from the center field position there. His Phillies tenure, which he was there for about two and a half years, uh, he had a 787 OPS, so obviously he's a little older in his career, but that's still, like, significant. That's, like, a chunk better than the next uh, average player. His Giants tenure, which he was there for a year, he had a 772 OPS. That's also a chunk, but keep in mind, that's in a really, really, really tough ballpark you know i think that's uh, i'm blanking on the name of the stadium but you know you got mccovey cove the winds blowing in the big coach ballpark, very much a pitcher's ballpark it's tough to hit there and then let's talk about when he was in the, a hitters park such as the yankee stadium he had an 892 ops so by far the highest of his career i think it's safe to say that he's going to see something in the eights this year if not the high sevens just because miller park and fan field is a hitters ballpark, so that's something really exciting Brewers fans. It's almost like Lorenzo Kane and Christian Yelich when they came to the Brewers, we projected them to have really, really, really good hitting years because basically they came from a pitchers park to a hitters park where the Brewers play. Alex, thoughts on that? Well I look back at some of Andrew McCutcheon's
0: years, Cage. This guy this guy had a stretch, you know, what we mentioned of five straight years in which his war was over five. That's insanity. Right? That's insanity. We were talking, I think, on previous podcasts about, you know, some of the wars that Corbin Birds or Brandon Woodruff had this season. But Andrew McCutcheon, bottom line, is going to help this Brewers team win games. Like, I, I've got, you know, faith in him in the outfield. I've got faith in him at the plate. He's coming off a year where he had 27 home runs, and he's going to American Family Field, which is a hitter's ballpark. Will he get 30? He might do twenty twenty. He might do thirty. You know, ten. He might. He might steal some bags
1: too. Because it's like this guy had eighty RBIs last year. Brewers fans, you know, like find me a guy in the Brewers who hit like that. I can't think of one. You know, like I think Willie Adamas like led our team in hitting last year. This is going to take pressure off Willie Adames. You know, this is a great phenomenal signing. And the terms have yet to come out, so it'll be interesting to see. But talk about leadership, too. Like, this is a savvy vet who's going to lead our guys. It's going to be awesome. You know, he, I'm really Here's sort of, another
0: point, Cage. I think I got
1: they're going to sell out a million Andrew McCutcheon jerseys. Honestly, I want one. Brewers fans, you're going to have to let us know if you want an Andrew McCutcheon jersey as well. Yeah, I got two more stats for your Brewers fans. I think this is cool.
0: So, strikeout percentage. We all know about the Brewers' walls with the strikeouts. So, MLB has had an average last year of about a twenty you know twenty one percent strikeout percentage. you know, and Andrew McCutcheon over his thirteen years is about eighteen point seven percent. So he strikes out much less than the average MLB player. That's on the five. flip side of that, he also walks about twelve percent of the time and the MLB average is eight percent. So Andrew McCutcheon, is striking out less, he's taking more walks, and that's exactly what we need in this Brewers lineup. They need like a guy to, you know, get on base. It was it was a struggle to, you know, produce runs in the playoffs. Having a bat like Andrew McCutcheon at the very least puts the fear in, hey, we can't just walk this guy, we might have to, you know, sub out our pitcher. Um it, it just adds an element to this game that uh you know, Bradley didn't do it last year. It's
1: really the first... Thank God we got rid of Jackie Bradley Jr. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think, like, you know... Well, hold on. Let me just say an insane stat for Brewers fans. Brewers fans, get this. You know how Christian Yelich? if you followed him even in the draft process out of high school, he always had that elite hit tool, and that's why he was never really thinking about going to college. He was going right to the minor leagues. Got drafted in the first round by the Florida Marlins, and then he burned through the minor leagues, was a really, really, really highly regarded prospect by any evaluator you talk to and then he came to the Marlins and hit right away even if he didn't unleash his MVP self until his Brewers years but Christian Yelich has a career OPS of 857 and he's considered an elite hitter Andrew McCutcheon has a career OPS of 849 so mere over many more years points, mere percentage points Away from Christian Yelich. These guys are really just hitters in the... I'm not going to say the same caliber because they're like at different points in their career. Obviously, Andrew McCutcheon is 34, I believe. Christian Yelich is 29. Uh, but really, or he might be 30 at this point, but I um, have to double-check that. But really, uh, McCutcheon's about five years older, so he's a little more of a veteran. Uh, his stats might go down a little bit versus his prime MVP years. Christian Yelich is very much still in his prime, expecting a bounce-back year from him. We know he's been working hard, uh, but really, that's what's so exciting is the Brewers are bringing in a strong, strong bat, like one of the strongest bats you can possibly bring in. Yeah, he's got the ninth best WAR of active position players. All Dang. Time. So, so you do, know that like who's a uh, higher on the list? Does let let me take a that?
0: quick look. So we've got uh, scratch that. <laughs> I think. Unless, unless some of these guys, or some of these guys, Cage, is uh, Albert, what's the status on Albert Pujols, by the way? I believe Pujols is
1: looking to is get like still... a
0: one year deal or something. Okay, so he, he's still he's he's retired. He's, yeah. he's on this list as number one, you know. Uh, he's 41 years old, so who knows if he counts. But Mike Trout, you got up there ahead of him. Robinson Cano, you know, kind of another asterisk there. Miguel Cabrera, Joey Votto, Evan Great-hitter. Longoria, Great-hitter. Paul Goldschmidt, Mookie Betts. And then it's
1: Andrew McCutcheon. That's exciting, Brewers fans. That is exciting. You know what else isn't quite as exciting, but it's still good? The Brewers brought back our boy, Box Burger. Yeah! (laughs) Brad Box Burger. This guy is not flashy, but he put up a 3.32 ERA in 64 innings in our bullpen. That helped us have the best pitching in the game last year. His whip was 1.067. That is elite. That is really good. No matter who you talk to, that's elite. But guess what else is elite? His 11.6 strikeouts per nine innings. And you know what else is elite, Brewers fans? The one-year, $2.5 million deal. Your boy, Slingin' David Stearns, Brought him back on. Alex thought on the return of Boxberger. Well, David Stearns is always multiple steps ahead, and this Boxberger
0: signing, you know, on such a small deal, it just shows like he's not really the guy any brewer would, you know, any fan would, you know, be like. Let's make that priority. You know, get him done in the first week of baseball comes back. But I think when David Stearns is looking through these advanced analytics that you pointed out, Cage, like that WHIP, you know, with like that strikeout K nine. You really need a a pitcher like him if you want to you know go deep and and the Brewers have this question mark now with Devin Williams Boxberger is kind of almost like I think Stearns you know had him high on his priority list I'm happy he got him and I just love the way the roster is filling out if we look at the outfield now
1: KJ I mean who who's gonna start opening day in the outfield? I mean, you, you know, I think it's going to be like, I think they're going to give it to Lorenzo Cain just because, you know, Yelly's starting, right? And I think you're not yep. paying McCutcheon to sit on the bench or, or really not play in the outfield. I think Yelly and McCutcheon are kind of locks. But I think uh, Tyrone Taylor and also um, Hunter. You know, Hunter Renfro. Or actually, you're right, Hunter Renfro. And uh, also, you know, Lorenzo Cain. Like, that's a lot of... Players, you know, like someone's going to be DH, and those are really strong bats. Like Tyrone Taylor has earned some playing time. You know He's a part of our future here. He was at one point when all these talent evaluators, prospect evaluators, rate of the Brewers' farm system is, is pretty low. Tyrone Taylor was our top prospect for a year or two. So just know that, Brewers fans. He was like, he was never highly regarded as a prospect, like as McCutcheon or as maybe Christian Yelich was. But this guy was always like, hey, I'm looking at the entire Brewers' farm system and it may not be the best system, but this particular year, Tyrone Taylor is the best prospect in that system. And now he's putting it together at the the show. He's another one of these cost-controllable young talents. Hunter Renfro, you know, this guy's a—he's a darn good hair And Lorenzo Cain, yeah. he's one of the best ball players. Like, yeah, he may not be what he used to be. If
0: he's healthy, you almost would need him in center field. You know, like. Well, just think
1: about his opening day magic. Exactly. Like yeah. you gotta like play him while he's healthy. You know, Hunter Renfro last year in Boston. This guy played for the Padres. He played a year for the Rays, and then he played for the Boston Red Sox last year. He's twenty-nine. 31 bombs, 96 RBIs, OPS of 8.16, slugging percentage of 5.01, and his OBP on base percentage a little lower, 3.15. Basically, this guy's a really, really, really good bat. You know, he, he's, he he's might he's get the versatile. DH role to start that first game, you know?
0: Or, or, you know, or you'll gonna gonna see McCutcheon. Interesting.
1: <sighs> it's interesting, man. You know, like because McCutcheon's athletic. He's a little older Yelley and Renfro are both 29. You know Renfro, he's played a little bit of uh, even center field and right field. Yelley's kind of right and left. Um, you know Tyrone Taylor, he he can play right, left, center. Lorenzo Cain can play right, left, center. Lorenzo Cain will lose a lot of his value if he's not in center. I think, you know, Lorenzo Cain, he's won a gold glove finally, as he should have won many gold gloves. So it's like if you can save runs in the outfield, you see that a lot in these advanced analytics days of baseball where run prevention is just as important as run production. Obviously, the Brewers playoffs told us that we need a little bit more than zero runs, <laughs> but, <laughs> but run prevention is also very, we need very need some important. run production. You and, know, and, and we saw Nelson Cruz and Jorge Soler you – know, or Jorge Soler, excuse me. Nelson Cruz is, is on the Nats now. He's, not, uh, he's out of the picture. Jorge Soler, like, I think if the Brewers brought in Andrew McCutcheon and kind of closes the door on him, but that new role you were mentioning, I think it's going to come from our outfield spots. You know, maybe they bring one of these guys to the Schwarber. first base. Schwarber, man, you know, maybe they bring him in on the cheap, but uh, it's so there was be rumors more he was,
0: he was uh, taking BP from Brent Suter. And Brent Suter said he was really doing well. Uh, Schwarber's a lefty, you know, going up against a lefty. So that's that's something to keep your eyes on. I, I, I still think the Brewers could be weak, right, if I look at their roster at that first-base position. That's oh, really man, where, you, I know. where you need a strong bat. It's like, that's, you know who i love? That's where
1: you got to put your power back, KJ. You know who i love, Brewers fans? Anthony Rizzoli. Anthony oh, rizzo. oh yeah i want anthony rizzo i know it's probably going to break the bank to happen but if there's I had any more way fear we can get him on an affordable deal because anthony rizzo he's nearly 33 years old so let's say you give the guy like a four-year 60 you know, you, you know maybe that's even high i don't think he's going to take much less than that but like He's not the hitter he once was either. If you look at the prime of his career, he had this five- or six-year stretch with the Cubs. We had an OPS of 913, 899, 928, 899, 846, and 924. But the last last two seasons, he's been in the 700. So he's kind of fallen off significantly. This guy's a three-time, he's actually a four-time gold glove winner. So he'd bring tremendous defense. I would absolutely love to bring Anthony Rizzo to the Brewers. Um, I got a name to throw out there, KJ. Throw it out. Aramis Ramirez. Brewers fans,
0: remember when Aramis Ramirez came from Chicago to the Milwaukee Brewers back in 2012? He had 27 home runs, 105 RBIs that year. It's almost like you need just kind of like a slight culture shift. You know, some of these guys, you know, they're familiar with Milwaukee. Why do you think McCutcheon signed with Milwaukee, KJ? He knows it's a good organization. He was playing in that ballpark every year. He's familiar with what goes on. And and I think you know that comfort might be there for Rizzo too, uh who's probably is he still, you know, wanting to be a part of a big city or does he want to be more part of a team at this stage in
1: his career? That's a good question. He's I would like to money. see a power bat. Yeah. He's made some money um yeah that's really good comparison you know Anthony Ramis Ramirez was definitely probably past his prime when the Brewers brought him in very much like Anthony Rizzo is now uh but it doesn't mean he didn't have an all-star season in Milwaukee which he did 2014 Ramis Ramirez was a, was an all-star and you know he helped us win games he helped us win games and I would love nothing more than to see the Brewers add to that first base position I agree last year you know we had uh guys like Vogelbach, you know, we had, Rowdy Telez was, was kind of involved. Um, would like to see him kind of back Kesten in the forward as missing. well. Keston that's an interesting name because if he can give us anything whatsoever. Anything, please. <laughs> please. You're supposed to be the chosen one. And, uh, You're supposed to <laughs> restore balance to the force. you You're supposed not- to restore balance to the lineup. um, But anyways, uh, Kesson here, let's hope he bounces back. The Brewers brought in two hitting coaches, which is unique. David Stearns, like you said, is always one step ahead. We have the best manager in the game. Well, and Craig Council, but like back to those hitting coaches, not only did the Brewers bring in Andrew McCutcheon, but they brought in one of his Pirates playoff mates, Pedro Alvarez, as like a player development consultant. So that's going to be interesting, too. Those guys will have a joy being back together, working together. Um, Pedro Alvarez was kind of like a poor man's Prince Fielder. You know, poor man's those, you Ryan know, Howard. He, he, he was also like the number two overall pick out of a Vanderbilt. You know, really, really, really talented player. Mashed some home runs in Pittsburgh. Never the greatest defender. Uh, but things are getting interesting, Brewers fans. Things are getting very interesting. Alex, do you have any final thoughts? final thoughts is david stearns is not done what is he gonna do next
0: let us know thank you for having me on the podcast baseball is back fear the
1: brew fear the beer fear the beer everybody we'll talk to you soon